Hi everyone and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Benali and we're here to dissect Southampton's win against West Brom. Now this week we've been joined by former Southampton captain Dean Hammond and NBC's lead soccer writer and Southampton supporter Joe Prince-Wright. Now, Dean, before we go into the game in detail, it's back-to-back wins going into the international break now. How positive is that? Yeah, excellent. It's always good to, to finish the... Um first part of the season before you go into the international break with a win, a clean sheet, um, two goals, an excellent performance and a home win. So following on from an away win last week, you get the your home win and it'll be a happy camp. The players will be happy. They'll be full of uh, confidence. Um, you can have a bit, little bit of a rest now without the stresses and strains of, of matches um, and just enjoy that period before they come back to play Chelsea. So excellent performance, six points on the board from four games. Um, I think the camp and the manager and the players will be, be pretty happy for the start of the season. Well, Jay, we were talking about goal fests before the game. It didn't quite turn out like that, but a positive performance nonetheless. Yeah, and it really could have been, to be honest. So many chances early on. Shea Adams, again, was so unlucky. Sam Johnston played really well in goal for West Brom. So a lot of positives there for Saints. Uh, if the chances start drying up, I think that's when you really have to be worried. But they aren't. They're creating a lot of chances. Danny Ings and Shea Adams were really unlucky not to score. And it's good to see uh, Romeo and Gineppo chipping in with goals. Um, and a lot of players got in really good positions, such as Armstrong and Redmond and even Walker-Peters from right back as well. So overall, like Dean said, a very positive display, a positive way to go into the international break and the sign of things to come, hopefully, for Saints this season. Well, before we discuss today's match in more detail, here's how the game panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Sonnet. Quarter of an hour gone at St Mary's, awaiting the first goal. That's a good crossfield ball, and Walker-Peters does well, takes it in his stride, he's in the box. Oh, and then the deflection of the defender was well saved by Johnston, and then he saved it again off Adams from three yards out. That's an unbelievable save from Sam Johnston if he's made that second save. There is a chance for Ward-Prowse or Bertrand, probably Ward-Prowse, to whip this in between the goalkeeper and the on-rushing players, and he does exactly that, and it's another great save from Sam Johnston. Low to his right, somehow got it round the post from Ings' flicked header, who just helped Ward-Prowse's free kick on, and then now the space and time again for Adams to bear down on the box, 25 yards out, this time goes to Ings, tries to feed it back to him, will come to Gineppo in the penalty area, twists it onto his left foot, shoots low, and gives Southampton the lead. And Moussa Gineppo has his third Premier League goal for Saints. But this is a dangerous free kick with Pereira all whipping left-footed from out on this right-hand side. Early warning side for Saints and a back header hit Bertrand. The West Brom players peeling for a handball. Slides it down the left, here comes Armstrong off that left right-hand side again. Good run. Adams leaves it and the volley goes in the net. Terrific volley and Oriol Romeo has his first goal for a year and a half. Romeo scores with a brilliant volley, running onto it from nowhere. Well, it was a Cruyff turn and a karate kick that helped Saints <laughs> secure a 2-0 win over West Brom at St Mary's. Well, Joe, as you're our debutant today, let's kick off with you. What did you make of the overall Saints performance today? I think it was very well deserved. Very comprehensive victory. Um, could have been four or five if I'm being you know, a bit greedy there, but defensively another very good performance and um, Shea Adams continues to be one of the unluckiest strikers in the world because he could have had another couple but I think overall Ralph Hasenhut will be absolutely delighted with that performance as will all Saints fans going into the international break because apart from a spell of 10 to 15 minutes in the second half Saints were totally in control. 
So Dean, an impressive win, but what did you make of the overall performance today? Yeah, I totally agree with Joe. It was um, it was a dominant performance. Um, the structure was good. The shape was good. Um, looked very defensively assured. Um, nice to get another clean sheet going into the international break as, as well as a win. Create some excellent um, chances first half with some good combination play. Um, pressing high up the pitch with energy and winning the ball back, um, making West Brom make mistakes. Um, nice to see different scorers again. Uh, and like Joe said, apart from a, a 10, 15 minute spell second half where one nil, you were thinking, or possibly could this be again where Southampton could have scored more goals and didn't that um, the opposition can get back in the game. Um, but no, after that spell, uh, really good performance, really strong home performance, following on from a good away performance. So very, very happy. Six points on the board. It's been a good return um, and another good performance. And I think the team, again, have got that happy feeling. It'd be a good environment and building that momentum um, to go into the rest of the season. Now, Southampton's last nine goals scored before today were scored by Danny Ings and Shea Adams. Joe, just how good is it to see different players getting on the score sheet, especially the likes of Moussa Gineppe? It's brilliant, I think, for Saints, for the confidence of the whole team, really, the whole attacking unit. That Obviously, we know Danny Ings has carried the goal-scoring load for a long time now, but, you know, if he wasn't on form for whatever reason over a few-month uh, period, then you need someone else to step up and... Uh, yeah, Romeo smashing home like uh, Ryan Beard, Dean Hammond in his prime, if I'm totally honest. Um, a wonderful finish there. And yeah, Gineppo uh, did really well in the first half, especially. Lovely turn, lovely finish. And I think for Saints to have those options firing on all cylinders, as well as Danny and Shay combining well and creating, I think overall it was a really good uh, and positive attacking performance and should bode well for the future. Well, let's come on to Gineppo. Dean, before the game, uh, you indicated that we're only three games in, or we were at the time, and that no one really needed to kind of prove their performance. But we did single out Gineppo a bit. What did you make of him today? Well, he produced that moment of magic, which we all want from him, really. If he can produce that in games, whether it's creating for another player or scoring a goal like he did with um, great composure, very good skill, um, and in scoring with, uh, with his wrong foot, um, they're the positions you want to find him in. Um, I thought he was reasonably quiet, um, didn't quite get the ball in the areas he, was, he would like. The, the two wide players played very narrow today. Um, Gineppo, I, I would assume, would like the ball wide, one-on-one -on -one against the, the full-back to really attack him. Um, but did well, played well for the team in terms of his work, work effort and scored, scored a very good goal. So you can't ask too much more for him. He's progressing, he's developing each game. And as a younger player, um, a foreign player coming into to the Premier League, I think it's his second season. Um, you know, he's improving all the time. So if he can continue to stay injury-free, um, play each game, he'll really um, give Nathan Redmond some competition for places. So quiet, but that moment of magic, which is all you want from your creative players, so you can't complain. Well, the other moment of magic came from Oriol Romeo, of course. Um, who knew he had that in his locker? Um, his first goal since February 2019. Joe, what did you make of that sensational volley? It was brilliant. I mean, he just he knew he was going to run onto it and he weren't quite sure what was going to happen. But he seemed like he knew the picture in front of him. He knew what he wanted to do with it. Uh, bulldozing his way through on the edge of the box there. And... Uh, you know what, you could just tell how happy the other Saints players were for him. He's, I've been lucky enough to meet him a few times and NBC. We've done a few tours around the training ground of him and such a lovely bloke. And uh, I think that was maybe, I don't know what Dean thinks about this, but maybe a bit of a marker for Romeo. We've had a lot of talks about, you know, maybe Saints bringing in a new central midfielder. So maybe this is just a reminder and a quite timely one 
before the transfer window from Oriol to the boss to say, you know what, this is what I can do. I'm great defensively, but I can chip in with some big goals. And I think he's been remarkably consistent so far this season and uh, during Project Restart as well. So Romeo was brilliant today and that was a great goal. Yeah, well, other, other than learning some tricks off, to, off of uh, Mr Miyagi, um, <laughs> how, uh, how did you rate his overall performance today, Dean? Um, I thought he was brilliant. I think he was, he was brilliant last week at Burnley. I think he's, he's continued that. Um, I love him as a player. I mean, I can appreciate him maybe more than others because I played in a similar position and I know what it's like to play in a midfield player. And he, he does the basics so well. You know, the top players in the world, when they do the basics well, the simple passes, breaking up play, um, helping other players out, positionally being um, good, awareness on the ball, um, they're major things. They don't quite get noticed. Um, but he, he's excellent. I think he's so important for Southampton. He gives James Ward-Prowse a bit more freedom. Um, he will give that assurance to James Ward-Prowse. Um, and scoring a goal like he did today was was, was brilliant. And he actually had a, another volley, I think, about 10 minutes later that, that got blocked. Um, but yeah, he's a, a real team player. I think it was evident that when he went off against Tottenham, they missed him. Um, and the structure of the team kind of fell away a little bit. So he's very influential. Um, I think I've never met him, but he seems like a nice guy. Um, and you know, his simple passing, breaking up play, making other players better around him, um, and he looks fit and strong. And that comes from, like Joe mentioned, playing consistently. If you're in a team consistently, playing week in, week out, your match fitness grows, your confidence grows, and you can become a more effective player. So, yeah, I think he's going to be really important. Um, to the group and to the team this season. Well, it seems that the fans at home are certainly echoing your thoughts, gents. Uh, we've got a comment here from Sonny on YouTube, which I absolutely love. Uh, Romeo for Ballon d'Or. Um, <laughs> I think a few Saints fans are probably uh, feeling the same way, Sonny. Um, another comment here. Uh, brilliant day. Great game. Well done, Romeo, for that strike. Come on, you Reds. Uh, another one here from Mark Littlewood. Thanks for getting in touch. He said, Carl Walker Pieces was excellent. Romeo, truly superb again. Um, well, let's move the conversation on to Shea Adams now then. Is he the most unlucky player in the league right now? He did have a chance early on. Um, Dean, what did you make of his performance today? Again, I think we all agree, and I think everyone agrees, his performances are really, really good. He holds the ball up really well. He works hard. Um, his um, partnership with Danny is growing and developing. They've got seemed to have a really good understanding. And I just, I feel for him because that chance he had first half, um, I think it was when Walter Peters slipped Danny Ings in, the defender um, got across and um, Sam Johnson made a good save and then it fell to Shea on the rebound and I can't, I, I think the keeper saved it or the defender blocked it where you think he's just going to score. I think he is unlucky. Um, I think the positive is though, he's getting in them areas, he's getting the opportunities, he's getting the chances because if he wasn't, you'd be thinking, right, he doesn't really want to score where I think it's the opposite. Um, I think first half, he won the ball back. He drove at the defence and took a shot on, so he's not low on confidence. And then the second time that happened, he actually laid the ball to Danny Ings, and that's when uh, Gineppo scored his goal. So his overall game is really, really good. And I, I said before the game, he looks fit and strong now. Um, you wouldn't really want to play against him. He's quicker than people probably expect. Um, so he just needs that goal. Um, but he's doing such a good job for the team. He And I would say that now Danny really enjoys playing with him um, because their, their combination, their one-twos are always looking for each other around the box. Um, so, But yeah, he is unlucky. And he's a, he's a striker. He will be sitting in that dressing room frustrated. 
We spoke um, before the game about Vestergaard keeping his place in the team over Jack Stevens. Joe, how do you feel that Yannick did today and, and do you expect him to, to keep that place again? Yeah, I thought he did fine again. You know, didn't have an awful lot to do, uh, but what he did, he did it well. He kept hold of the ball. Um, quite noticeable that he can, you know, get the ball, get, get it back from McCarthy, go wide. And I think he gives us extra option to kind of play through midfield, which is a... Uh, really helped today in a game where West Brom probably sat back a lot deeper than most of us thought they would do. So I think he should keep his place. Again, as Dean said earlier, maybe a little bit unlucky for Jack Stevens because he played so well last season. But it seems like this combination right now, Yannick and Jan, two games starting together, two clean sheets. You can't argue with that. So uh, another job well done back there. Well, another player we need to talk about is Carl Walker-Peters. It seems that we're regularly giving him praise in, in the final whistle, uh, putting in quite a few great shifts uh, in a Saints shirt. But was this his brightest performance so far, do you think, for the Saints team? I think it was. And the one thing I like um, is the fact that he's recovered from that Tottenham performance. I'm not saying that a lot of the goals were his fault, but I think he learned a few um, valuable lessons from that game um, against his former club as well. So I think it would have hurt him a little bit. He had a very good defensive performance last week against Burnley and he's continued this uh, week with a very attacking performance. He looked very comfortable on the ball, very confident. He looked quick going forward, very direct. Um, and as I mentioned before, the two wide players were playing quite narrow and centrally. He had a lot of space wide, um, put some crosses in the box. Um, and I just like watching him in full flow. You know, it'll, it'll commit a player, it'll take a player on. He'll drive at the defence. He's always looking to play a one-two with the striker or the wide player to then continue his momentum forward. Um, so, yeah, really, really good performance. And he looks solid defensively again. And that's the part of his game that if he can improve, he'll be a, he will be a top player. Because going forward, he's such an attacking threat. And it's, um, again, really, really good recruitment from Southampton to, to see the games that he had last year when he came and played well. And then they, they've invested in him and brought him into the club. Um, I think he'll get better and better. And he showed some real variety and consistency um, the last two weeks after that difficult game against Tottenham. So full credit to him. Yeah, and another talking point from the game was a handball shout against Bertrand early in the second. Now that's something that could have been given if the game was played a week or two ago. Um, there has been a slight change in interpretation on the rules of handball. Joe, do you think that's going to improve the game now going forward? I think so. There were way too many penalty kicks early in the season. Um, I think that maybe we get this with certain rules, don't we? When referees are told to focus on one thing at the start of a season. I think a few years ago it was, you know, uh, goalkeepers coming off their line for penalty kicks. They're really hot on that um, and a few other issues. But I think now that we've had this kind of directive from the Premier League and with the, uh, the referees, I think that now it's much more lenient and it's much more common sense. There's still probably going to be penalty kicks that shouldn't be given. But now it's a bit clearer and I think now referees have calmed down a little bit, seeing the reaction. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that, that won't really help uh, teams who have penalties given against them early uh, in the season. So uh, overall, yeah, it was good to see that the rules have been changed and a little bit more common sense is coming. Well, let's dissect West Brom's performance a little bit more deeply then because they looked like a completely different team when they came out in the second half. Dean... What is the difference between that half-time break? You know, what was in that team talk, do you think, that made them so different when they came out? A few harsh words probably from the manager <laughs> would have started that off in, in, the, in the dressing room. Um, a few home truths. Um, a substitution they made. They made a little bit of a, 
a change in midfield where they could get three in the midfield where they outnumbered the two of Southampton. So they had a little bit more possession so they could control the game a little bit more. Um, and they played higher up the pitch. The first half, they sat back. You know, Southampton had um, control of the ball, um, kind of had it their own way. Um, and West Brom just put a little bit more pressure on Southampton, made them play a little bit quicker. So the turnover of the ball um, became a little bit more regular. Um, and they just played a bit more energy and a bit more tempo. They didn't really have any chances, um, except for a couple of crosses that came in the box from free kicks, which were half chances and near misses. Um, but yeah, it's definitely tactical. It would have been tactical information for the manager at halftime. Um, a few stern words that would have given them a bit more motivation and energy. And that's why they had their 15-minute spell. Um, but Southampton rode that out um, very professional in that manner um, and then got on top again and, and deserved the win because they dominated the game. But um, it's usually a tactical decision that um, kind of helps the players. Um, but yeah, it's, um, they weren't a real threat today, West Brom and Southampton. Look, a cut above and just showed that you know they're they're uh, an established good Premier League team now. So it's the it's the international break after this, but we're four games into the Premier League with six points. I suppose this one can be for for both of you. Joe, we'll come to you first. How do you assent, assess Saints' position in the league at the moment? I think it's pretty bang on where we thought they would be after four games. I think most fans would think two wins from the opening four games would be uh, what you'd want to see from those fixtures at the very least. So. Obviously, uh, the manager's spoken about difficulties with a shortened pre-season and not quite getting the players uh, up to the levels that he'd like them to for this high-pressing style and the unique system that Southampton have. So I think two wins on the board, a bit unlucky uh, away at Crystal Palace on the opening day. And we won't talk about Tottenham too much, but overall, um, I think this is right where Saints thought they would be. Um, and some real positives now, that momentum with clean sheets, uh, like Dean said, the only time we looked vulnerable defensively today was a few of the crosses coming in from free-kick situations that maybe that's something we can work on defensively. But I think the partnerships are growing. Great to see Armstrong uh, back in the thick of things. Redmond, too, is now fully fit. Jay Adams and Danny Ings uh, up top combining well. And then, of course, Oriol chipping in with a wonder goal as well. So all things uh, have gone pretty well so far. And how about yourself, Dean? Are you happy with, with where we are so far? I totally agree with Joe. I think six points and, and two wins, especially the two games or two most recent matches before the international break is even better because you go into the international break as a happy camp, um, as a, a satisfied camp, uh, two clean sheets as well, um, an away win and a home win, especially with the, the up and down home form last season. So to finish before the international break with a, a good solid performance and win at home is good um, and six points is, is very good I, I think we deserved a point at Crystal Palace so it could have had seven the Tottenham game was a bit of a learning curve but similar to last season when when the club lost to Leicester in that heavy defeat you know but they respond really really well and that shows shines within the group of a real strong mental um, strong mentality within the group and they've done that again after a heavy defeat against Tottenham they've gone to Burnley and won and then they've won against West Brom, against the teams that you would think Southampton should be. But they can be the hardest game. So six points from four games is a good return. Um, and looking forward to the, you know, a bit of a break now. Maybe get a little bit more fitness into some players that need it over the break without any games. Um, and then return against Chelsea um, and give them a test. So, yeah, things are looking up. And I think it's a happy camp again and that good feeling that we had towards the end of last season. 
Yeah, certainly a happy camp uh, with the fans watching along at home. Uh, lots of you seem to be on a high after that result. Uh, David, good afternoon to you. He says, dominant, professional, nothing more to say, brilliant. Uh, Rosemary has got in touch on YouTube. She says, brilliant win, so proud of the whole team. I live about 10 minutes away from West Brom. I can hear them crying. Uh, thanks for that one. Andrew's also left us a comment. He said, a great performance and a superb result to give us another vital win and a precious three points. Both goals were stunners. Uh, they certainly were indeed, Andrew. Thank you very much for all of your comments uh, here on The Final Whistle. Right, well, let's hear from the manager now. Here's Ralf Hassenhutl. Yeah, I think it was um, definitely a good one. Uh, so a very good organised team that was uh, committed and uh, very disciplined against the ball. Nearly perfect pressing today. Uh, didn't give any chances away. And on our side, a good game management with the ball. Especially also in the first half, uh, a few good good chances created. It was good that we scored before the halftime. Happy for Musa that he showed that he can score again. It was a good goal. And in the second half, yeah, also um, good balance of taking risk or playing out or finding the space behind the last line. And it made, that made it very difficult for the opponent, I think, to find an answer. And then the second goal was a highlight, I think, from the game. It was fantastic. Uh, um, build up from from a few players and then we have a lot of passes before we have a beautiful goal from Ori. This was really a good performance today. Yes. Pleased with how you controlled it for the full 90 minutes as well. I mean, from the start to the finish, you, you seem to have good control of the game. Yeah, I think we were warned that this opponent, uh, when, when the opponent is three up against Chelsea, I know that they can do something and, and it was definitely uh, so that we took it very serious today. Uh, especially after our start, but now we have two wins, six points, last game's uh, clean sheet. This is uh, something we can take in the international break. It's, it's a pity that this break comes now because we are in a good rhythm now, but uh, now the players are gone. Hopefully everybody comes fit back and then, yeah, and then let's, let's start again. Right, so as you mentioned, Dean, a couple of moments ago, Chelsea are our next opponents after the international break. Now, they drew 3-3 with West Brom when they played. It's clearly a lot of talent in that Chelsea team, but we'll go to both of you on this one. Joe, what do you think the weaknesses in that Chelsea side are? Well, I actually watched Chelsea against Crystal Palace in my role with NBC this weekend. So I was at Stamford Bridge to see them live. And what I noticed is after that West Brom game, they're playing a lot deeper. Thiago Silva and Kurt Zuma, they're very deep defensively. They weren't playing a high line because of how they got caught out against West Brom. So that to me says that, you know, Saints can press high and can pin them back, uh, which you wouldn't necessarily think would be the case against Chelsea. So there's really a chance for Saints to get on the front foot early. Maybe, hopefully this time, uh, score early after creating so many chances early in games, which has been a bit of a, a running theme, I would say, over the last six to eight months, starting games well, but then maybe not capitalizing on those chances. So. I think if Danny Ings and Shea Adams can get in and around Thiago Silva and Kurt Zuma, that will uh, bear a lot of fruit. Um, but it's going to be a tough game, even though Saints won away at Chelsea last season and obviously have matched up pretty well against them in recent seasons. Uh, as a, a lot of their players are coming back. They have a lot of quality on the pitch. But I think there's, a, there's goals to be had there for Saints, considering the way Chelsea have defended so far. Yeah, Chelsea have spent a lot of money, haven't they? About 200 million in the transfer window um, so far. Dean, how do you think that, they, or how do you feel that they could be exploited when we when we go up against them? Very similar to what Joe says. Uh, Chelsea can have a lot of the ball. Um, they're going to want to try and break down Southampton. Um, if Southampton can start with initially holding a shape and then pressing from that shape to to play on the break, and then with the 
the creative and um, quick players within the team um, trying to isolate some Chelsea defenders because I, I still don't think Chelsea are particularly strong defensively. They've got defenders, you know, Ben Shilwell is an excellent left-back, but he's an attacking left-back. Um, so there's going to be areas in between, behind Chelsea that you can isolate the centre-halves one-on-one and with Shea Adams and Danny Ings, you're always going to get chances and opportunities. Um, so it will have to be it will have to be a good defensive display. Uh, display. Um, the shape of Southampton and the defensive shape will get tested. Um, so yeah, they're going to have to ride their luck a little bit because Chelsea are a top team. Um, but you know, it's it's what we always say when Southampton or any team you get a chance against the top teams, you have to take it. You have to score, and that will be the difference. If we do create a lot of chances, if we can score, then we've got a good opportunity to get a result. Um, but Chelsea are a good team, but they're also a developing team. They've got a lot of new players and it takes time to settle in. And there's some expectation there. I saw an interview with, with Frank Lampard yesterday before the game. I could see, There was a bit of a sense that he was feeling a little bit of pressure and felt a little bit unfair that he was. Uh, there was a little bit of pressure on his team. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's some real expectation in that club still. So they'll be expecting to beat Southampton. Well, that's it for, um, from us on the final whistle this week. Dean, thanks for your company as always. Joe, it was great to have you on the show. Uh, we very much look forward to welcoming you back soon. Um, so Southampton are heading into the international break with a very respectable six points under their belts. And of course, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time when we travel to Stamford Bridge to take on Chelsea. Until then, though, take care and we'll see you in a few weeks' time.